Hi everyone, thank you for joining us. You're listening to The Big Podcast in partnership with Design and Build UK's Women in Construction Awards. This season we are celebrating women in trade. I'm Leila Gunter and coming up in this first ever Equality in Trade podcast, we're going to be talking to Michaela Wayne from the BBC's Apprentice about how she first entered the construction industry, her experiences, good and bad, and what led her to her current mission. We also discussed the launch of the Women in Construction Awards being hosted this September, which is support from the Women's Equality Chair, Members of Parliament, and even the Duchess of Cornwall. Michaela also explains her end goal mission, which is to push for an accreditation for ED&I within construction. Wow, what a woman. This podcast is a must listen. Michaela is so passionate about making a difference. It's hard not to feel like we all need to get on board and take action. But first, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to contact us or find out what else we've been up to, you can follow us on our socials. So thank you so much for coming on our Big Doug Women in Trade podcast. Thank you for having me, Leila. It's a real privilege. Um, So many of our listeners will know you as the apprentice finalist from Bolton, who's fun, ballsy and worked in the construction business. Um, So the BBC described you as easygoing, who tries to see the positive in all situations, but admits she can sometimes have a short fuse. (laughs) Um, Working as a woman in a very male dominated industry, she says she despises men who talk down to her. So to what extent does that description still apply to you? Um, Yeah, I still despise men who talk down to me. That is definitely still (laughs) accurate. I I think it's all still true. I think I am what I am. I've not been able to change. Even if I wanted to, I I don't think I'd be able to. Um, But yeah, I don't really like the ballsy comment because, you know, feminist and all that, Leila. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) Um, uh, So our Big Doug Equality in Trade podcast is all about trying to inspire people to enter into the trade industries that might feel like they're underrepresented at the moment. Um, So we're really trying to kind of like build a catalogue of podcasts of people that have done that and overcome all the odds. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about your own route into the construction industry? Yeah, so I'm not a female on on the tools or or in trade. And I guess I didn't get, but do you know what? Most women who I speak to fell into construction as well. It's not, I, I don't think there's many little girls, which is the issue. And the reason that these things go to that sit around and think, oh, you know what, I'm going to be a plumber. Um, Because the conversations don't happen in the home or in society. I was the same. Slightly different in that my dad uh, was a joiner slash builder um, and my mum was an estate agent. So there was always flipping properties when we grew up. Um, So I was in that environment. I'd be taken on to, there was only properties, but we was taken on to the sites and mucking in as well. You know, it's a full family affair. So I was always familiar with construction. Um, My my dad's an engineer, it's my stepdad who's the builder. Um, so my dad's an engineer, I have two older brothers, I love to play football. So I've always been like one of the boys are referred to as a ladder and you know those kind of they're a tomboy those names growing up. So it wasn't out of my comfort zone to get into construction. Yeah. But I actually, uh, when I left school, I did my A-levels and I went to study in religion and uh, special needs at university. So I had zero intention of being in construction. <laughs> um, so when I left university in a gap year, I went living at my dad's house. He was the soft one. My mum was the strict one. I thought, yeah. easy ride. 
get hammered every night. My dad's gonna, <laughs> my dad's gonna pay for it. I'm buzzing. But he, uh, he um, grew us there after about six months. Said, Michaela, you better get a job, um, or I'm gonna kick you out. So I was, um, I was kind of forced into, into getting a job. Handing my CV around Bolton. Two jobs got back to me. One of them was working at Greg's Pasty Shop. And I don't know if you've seen them blue hairnets, but it's like <laughs> a 19-year-old girl. Uh, I weren't going to be wearing that. I built a town centre. The other one was working for a construction magazine. So I'd always had an interest in it and I'd been around it. So I was like, absolutely, going to jump into this. It was a telesales rep selling advertising into this uh, national publication. Um, my dad thought it was one big con. He doesn't believe in sales. You know, he's an engineer. And he was like, nobody can earn that much money, Michaela, at your age. I'm like, shot that. <laughs> so I've gone for this. I just did really well. I had the gift of the gab was successful at that company, went to a new startup so I could really show who I was and hopefully get promoted. Um, the, the first company was a larger one, so I thought I'm never going to be a sales manager here or a team leader. There was like 50 people in front of me. So I moved to this startup. It was doing maybe six grand a month turnover. Was that a magazine as well? Yeah, the yeah. same, same yeah. magazine, selling advertising. Yeah. And I was like, I can really I can really change this because I can smash out 20 grand sales and we're only doing six grand sales a month. So let's go in and see what impact I can have. So I did incredibly well, helped them with recruitment, taught the MDs like different sales processes, sales techniques, helped them basically build the business. And uh, three or four years into it, it was two young male directors and three or four years into it, they... Um, they said they're looking for a sales manager. So everybody at the business at this point is like, obviously Michaela's going to get it. Uh, but they, they, they just said to me, like, point blank as well. I don't th feel like they realised this was discrimination. But it was like, oh, you don't apply, Michaela. We want an older man for the job. <gasps> no way. I was like, what the hell? Like, how can you say, like, an older man who's going to look like this is going to be better than me, who is yeah, the neighbour in 100 grand it. a month's turnover? Like, I've literally proved myself. But anyway, I fell pregnant at this time. I was 24 years old, fell pregnant, couldn't go anywhere else, stuck it out. They brought in the older man. They stuck to the word, Nigel, uh, who was probably a super nice chap, but I give him absolute hell because uh, I took it out on him, you know. <laughs> and he said to me, oh, we need you to train him. So then I had to, like, the oh. absolute salt to the wound, but I was just yeah. stuck there. So after my son was born, when he was about four months old, I thought, do you know what? I, I'm never going to progress within this industry. It's media and it's construction. I'm just going, Nowhere. So I just, um, this was a long-winded way of telling you how I got into construction. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I realised that. <laughs> so anyway, I just, I just packed up my stuff and, and left. And I think a lot of women in construction are in jobs when you hit these glass ceilings. You know, you stick it out because you've got a family, you've got children. And I was just like, I'm not living my life. I was only 25, but I just thought there's no way I'm going to progress. Things won't change. I didn't trust new, moving to another business was. So I just said to my brother who works there in, in a different department at the time, I just said, I'm leaving like, he's five years over me I said are you coming with me and he was like what do you mean I said I want to set up my own business Lee John are you coming or are you not like I was all like whipped up like I'm ready to go I'm ready to go and he was like uh, I was like Lee John I'm going I'm going now this is your chance he was like oh okay. Okay, yeah let's go so then yeah the next day we, we started trading but I learned a lot in that experience about discrimination about what was yeah. right and what was wrong how I wanted to run my business and um 
I guess the rest of it grew from there. So then we've invested in in lots of successful businesses, some really terrible ones, and, yeah. <laughs> and been involved more and more heavily in construction. We have an actual construction company now. Yeah. But that's all come off the back of, of starting that first well, business. Good for you, though. So what was that first business then? Yeah, a construction magazine. So it was another magazine, we just literally yeah. did the same thing. I'm yeah. like, stick to what you know. Like I knew yeah. I could do that. I, yeah. I was smashing out the sales instantly. And my brother was an editor, so he, he was writing yeah. the articles and we picked up the readership and you yeah. know we, we was good at, at marketing we marketed it well and within a couple of months we had 10 staff working for us we was doing 50 60 grand turnover a month it just yeah it yeah. did did really well and oh, well the rest is history yeah, yeah. Say. <laughs> here we are <laughs> yeah so um obviously like that's a, a totally different route going into construction as well um but so why would you recommend like uh, women particularly to go into construction what is so good about that industry do you think well i think over my years, like I said, I've been more heavily involved in construction on the sites. You know, everybody knows that there's there's issues within construction, yeah. but the, we're not talking about the positives. So I do public speaking at schools, um, normally underprivileged schools, and and this is no word of like hundred percent of the time. I'll speak to the boys like, "What do you want to do when you when you leave school?" You know, they do like um, other training courses, not GCSEs, and you know, they want to be a bricklayer, a plumber, an electrician, da, da. and the girls are want to do hair and beauty and makeup, and they're just pushing them down these paths. That, but nobody is sitting down with the girls and saying. Listen, you're going to go and be a nail technician and you're going to get paid X amount for your day's work. He's going to go and he's going to be an electrician and he's going to get paid X amount for doing the exact same amount of time. And a lot of the times it's double. Yeah. It's double what they're going to be getting yeah. paid. And like your time is worth something. Yeah. And, you know, if you're really passionate about nail art, then crack on. You know, I've not got my nails done at the minute. I normally do. But, you know, there's a service there. People need it. Fabulous. But if you, you're just doing this because you think there's no other option, you really need to be considering what these are doing because of the money. Like we need to speak about it. We, yeah. It shouldn't be shined away from. And then on top of it as well, you know, I, I don't really believe in the site culture banter, but it's, it is so much fun at working in construction. You know, you change people's lives when you're, when you're building things, but you literally change the landscape and that lasts forever or for hundreds and hundreds of years like how many time have you been in the car with somebody they're like oh I did the windows yeah. on that project and I put yeah. the steel in there and it's like it's a pride thing at the end of it that isn't going anywhere it's not yeah. just like I do a magazine that will be thrown in the bin after a couple of months this is buildings that will remain forever and that's you know you can have a part to play in that as well so I think and the career opportunities it doesn't just you can start off on the trade or you know, on the tools or in a trade and then progress be a project manager and really work your way up and we were talking about really really good money and again I'm a money person I'm a business owner but it should be spoken about and um, you know women should have their fair share of that as well yeah 100% and so since The Apprentice really you've been on a mission to try and raise awareness about this aren't you so um, what's the statistics um, for women that are actually in the construction industry at the moment so well, the, the latest report's just come out and it's gone from 13% where we've been stuck for many years up to 14%, which is great. And I think all things like this help with that. Um, but there's still only 1% of women who are actually on the tools. So, you know, it's, it's 99%. It's heavily male dominated. And there's... Um, there's an abundance of, of reasons for that. But I think I think a huge, huge part of this is society's perception of the construction industry. Even beyond what takes place in the industry, it's what people think takes place in the industry. So we need to change what's what's actually going on yeah. and highlight all of the positives of it so that we can start attracting more women.
Yeah, absolutely. And it's starting at grassroots, isn't it? Like I said to you a moment ago, I was a teacher and I know that when we did careers, like the girls just were not given any of this information. So it's starting from the schools. It just isn't spoken about. And again, it's people thinking, oh, if you work on a building site, you're carrying around logs, you're digging holes, you've got your pants around your ankles, everybody's wolf whistling. And that isn't reality. And the industry isn't amazing now, but that is not the reality of a construction site. So we need to talk about, and it doesn't just have to be that. You can be a quantity surveyor, a project manager you can own your own business you can be marketing there's all different things that you can do within construction that need to be spoken about we have a skills gap shortage that we haven't seen since world war ii and we're ignoring 51 percent of the population by still being like trying to attract this same clientele which is on the tools men from underprivileged backgrounds and within construction even these boys have worked their way up or otherwise men who have finished a university degree like that's all got to get knocked on the head and we need to start looking at other pools to get candidates from. Yeah, 100%. So what? Um, so your mission, so where did your mission begin? Because obviously you had that really awful experience in your first company. So then what did you start to do and how is it kind of like snowballed to where you're at today? Yeah, well, to be honest, at the time, I didn't realise how rude that situation was. I just thought, oh, they're dicks. Um, so, you know, I'm going to start my own business basically. Yeah. But I didn't realise actually that's ageist and sexist. I was still quite young. So I was just cracking on. My aim was just to earn money, do well, provide for my son, blah, blah, blah. And then it was only when I went on The Apprentice and from about episode three up until six months after the show had heard, I had in excess of 10,000 messages. And that might be phone calls, emails, DMs, whatever. All different messages from all different people, but predominantly women, either in construction or who had left the industry or potentially some who wanted to get into it. Most of them was just messages of thanks for representing women in construction. I did not know this was a thing at that time. I didn't know I was a woman in construction. I knew I was a woman and in construction, but I didn't realise I was any different to other people. And um, and then I had really extreme messages as well with people asking me, you know, um, I've been discriminated against, I've been sexually assaulted. I had to leave the industry because extreme things that yeah. you'd rather not discuss but and I was just like oh my god at the time I um I was offered the opportunity I'm going to call it that to go on Big Brother <laughs> but it wasn't I was like oh it's not really an opportunity and it if I had a drink, I could really ruin my career. So I'm probably going to, I'm going to swerve big brother and try and double down on, on this problem that's been brought to me. And I felt like if I continue my platform in a professional manner, I can really help these people who have been coming, or these women who had been coming to me, which is when I set about saying, right, I want to change the face of construction. I really started to research it, network with more women, start to bring a community of people together and try and figure out what impact I could have with that platform to make a positive change for the women who want to get into the industry and the women who are currently in the industry who we want to retain as well so yeah it was the apprentice that gave me the platform it opened my eyes to to the world of women in construction and um for the last five years that's that's pretty much all i've been working on mm, it's so inspiring though and like the fact that you like have given up those opportunities like you said to go with big brother which could have i guess led to more money and more fame but you've taken a much like kind of more um like well, like a mission almost really to try and kind of raise this awareness and change things mm. so what are you doing to try and change things at the moment so we've got several initiatives um running alongside each other we've uh, created a roadmap with the national federation of builders um where we're asking companies large small micro businesses smes to sign up um 
read the roadmap of this is how to attract and retain women and then ask them what goals they're setting for the next 12 months to to be able to improve the ed i numbers within the business and check in with them uh, that roadmap we want to take to government level and say my end goal with all of this is to get an accreditation which is passed by government you know we have accreditations for health and safety we have accreditations for being a member of this and a member of that yeah. but there's no accreditations for people and that's the most important part of every business not just construction any business and there's nothing to say I have passed this and I'm showing that I am you know I care about the people who work for me so that is my end goal to get an accreditation for ED&I within construction and how Um, would that work then so would businesses then be able to say right so we've got this accreditation and then kind of like recruit people and yeah so I want it to wait the public procurement tender process so if you're gonna um, say I want to be the electrical company working on this NHS hospital then for your tender instead of it just being it's based on all kinds of things now on your price and all the rest of it but it's to be heavily weighted on the EDNI aspects of it as well so for you to say you know I have this many people from this background this many people who are women da 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 Mm -hmm. and go through and for that to weight your tender so if you were doing really well in the EDNI space then there's more chance of you you're getting onto these public procurement contracts Um, you can't do it just yet in the private sector because it is just all about money but um you know government and public procurement that is where they should be making the change because it's the people of our country and they should be reflected in the businesses that we're running as well um so yeah that that's my ultimate goal and what i really want to want to push for we've got some government backing at the minute um but we're a long way off that so in the meantime we've set up different kinds of initiatives so we've got the women in construction and infrastructure hub which is due to launch at the end of october where it's just a community of women helping each other out passing each other business just like you have any kind of business club uh, or careers club but it's specifically about construction and infrastructure and we do national meetups manchester and london and zoom online digital and so i think a lot of women in construction feel like they're alone at times you don't always see other women on construction sites or even in the offices in construction so it's really refreshing to be able to have conversations with women where you share the same passion for construction but then you also you know like Louboutins or want to get your nails done you know we're not just all like our only construction so it's nice to have these these commonalities and not be talking about golf and football and you know talk about other things so we're creating that network We've created uh, the Women in Construction Awards, which are taking place in September. Uh, and it's the first one of its kind in that all the money that we raise is being given to the Magellan Foundation, who helps women who have survived uh, sexual abuse and domestic violence. So um, we're creating a course with City and Guilds for Women in Construction. Um, so the idea is the money that we give to Magellan Foundation, she uses part of that to enable these girls to be able to access the City and Guilds course and introduce them into construction and, and you know then after that we'll, we'll help them and, and link them up with employers who we know are who are going to be truly inclusive afterwards yeah. so uh, it's a nice round circle event we're taking from the industry giving to Maggie Oliver and introducing back into the construction industry and that's been the main focus of the last 12 months probably the next 12 and we're hoping from that we, we get enough traction and enough eyes on us to then say like the government now you have to yeah. do something like this has to be looked into seriously 
Check out designandbuilduk.net and go to the Women in Construction Awards section. On there, you'll be able to nominate any wonderful women, men and companies for one of our upcoming awards for 2023. On there, there's also a section for Women in Construction and Infrastructure Hub, where we're creating a community of women across the construction and infrastructure sector who are going to be passing each other work and inspiring each other. Due to launch in October, so if you just fill out the whitelist details, we'll keep you updated. Thanks for joining us on the Big Doug podcast in partnership with Design and Build UK's Women in Construction Awards. We're currently chatting to Michaela Wayne, a BBC apprentice finalist, ambassador for women in construction and owner of five construction related companies. Be sure to follow us and Michaela on socials and show your support. So how did the so how did the Women in Construction Awards come about? Um, so we'd been doing awards of a type in our magazine every month. At Design and Build UK, we have the largest online and hard copy magazine in the construction industry. And so um, we have a section about all different things, sustainability, tech, da, 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 but we've got a section for ED&I and within that women in construction. So we wanted to give women in construction the platform to be able to say, this is what I do at my business. And this is, you know, how fabulous I am. So every month we was running um, like a competition, who's going to get featured. And we gave three women the spotlight. So the winner would get a double page spread and the, the other two would get a full page in there that, that we would then pay for but it was just giving people the women the opportunity to get their stories out there and talk about their career path as well and um during the process of all this, uh, Hayley Roberts of Cube Lighting got in touch with us, asked us to design a website. And we, she was a client, but we ended up friendly because, you know, women in construction, I don't get that many women coming to us either. So yeah. we ended up um, having a good relationship and we decided just to take this thing live. We, we was getting so many amazing applications coming through every month. And we was like, we really need to do this as, as, a, as a bigger thing. And, you know, I, I had a bit of a, well, have a bit of a platform still to be able to promote this so let's go all at it because it's going to make a bigger impact if we make it a live and in-person event and you know we was both well connected in construction so we thought surely we're going to get some backing surely we'll get some sponsors all these people telling us how they champion women in construction Mm -hmm. or put your money where your mouth is and you know like sponsor this event and uh, and allow us to to be able to put this together and yeah within six hours of of saying we hadn't even like had a website so within six hours of us saying we're going to do this we had all of the sponsors sold out it was just it was so nice to see the response back from the construction industry and I feel like now is the time if we would have done this 10 years ago I think it just would have been so much pushback you you know we would have got disheartened whereas now you you get some you know you get some idiots but the majority of the industry are backing it and seeing the importance of of giving women this space to to be able to talk about how wonderful they are and the contributions to the industry yeah and and you said earlier actually that you've got some really um some great guests coming along have you so who have you got coming along so we have um, influencers from in construction outside of construction we've got tier one and tier two contractors uh, members of parliament the uh, women's equality chair and the housing planning um, minister the construction minister was going to come and everybody started resigning I was like (laughs) oh calm down (laughs) I need some people coming to me so we had a couple drop out because they're not in those positions anymore Um, but yeah members of parliament we had a letter from um, 
I want to say this right, the Duchess of Cornwall, Camilla, um, saying, yeah, she, she expressed an interest in it, saying how great it was, but um, it was a month before the event, so she couldn't organise security for that time. So we're hoping that we can get her along to, to one of our future events as well. So the, the word's really spread, and I think because the money's going to such a great cause as well, Maggie Oliver, um, it's women giving to women and working for women, those who don't have a voice and not just in construction, women in society who have just got no chance. The system has failed them, the parents have failed them, the families have failed them and they, they just don't have any trust in anybody. So for us to be able to say, we're a full industry here, we're going to give you this money and help you out. You are welcome in this industry. It might be male dominated, but women actually are smashing it in this industry. So come and see and, you know, and we're happy to support that. I think it's a really really, really important message um, to be given out and, and hopefully can provide some hope and opportunity for, for the women who, who have survived this. Yeah, hugely. And can you talk to us a little bit about why some of the women have been nominated that you've got um, at the awards? Yes, I don't want to single out anybody's yeah. names because we don't know who the winner is yet. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's been there's been some amazing women put forward. We have like industry pioneer, woman on the tools, female led um, female led project, business owner. So there's all different kinds of women who have been put forward. Yeah. And we've got with the industry pioneers, you know, people who have already got MBEs and OBEs and have been recognised for the work that they've done in construction. But then we have the female apprentices that were just coming through, but you know they've decided to get into construction because they was bullied in school so then they was like I want to show boys that actually I can work in this industry and have put themselves or other people have put them forward for these categories so it's a real mix of all different women from all different parts of construction and we had over a thousand applicants wow. and honestly reading the stories was so humbling because I like to think I don't have an ego anyway but you know you always think like oh I'm doing so much I'm really trying to give back to society and all that and then you read what some people are doing like oh my god I'm nothing I just <laughs> I have achieved nothing I have done nothing it's people are doing amazing work within their own sectors so yes yeah. yeah, so I I'm really can't wait for it to all come out we'll have all the social media footage and really be able to pro promote the women's stories after us as well I'm excited yeah, I bet. and so did they nominate themselves or how does that work and how does the oh, most of work. them was most people have been put forward from by other people right. but there were there were some women who were self-nominated yeah. i noticed that the majority of um female business owners or women business owners have put themselves forward and i think that must just be an attitude where they're like i can do this yeah, yeah. and then it's the other categories really where other people have put them forward but you know there's both options and there's absolutely yeah. no problem with you blowing your own trumpet you know we, we yeah, welcome exactly. that we, we welcome yeah because it's so british isn't it that we shouldn't do that no no, but... no i couldn't do that i couldn't do this so yeah. but it was with all of them that was put forward then we interviewed all the women and we got them to fill out questionnaires about themselves because somebody else can never really know your own story or there might be bits that we've missed out so we asked them yeah. further details to make sure it was kind of a level playing field as well for when it went to our judges yeah fab and so the categories I've got I've got them written down here because I'm not going to remember them <laughs> um, you've got seven categories this year so you've got the female business owner the female apprentice the industry pioneer the male ally ally, ally. <laughs> <laughs> the male ally, um, the female on the tools, the female-led project and the inclusive company. So can you just talk to me a little bit about um, how they were selected to start with? 
Yeah, so we tried to cover all areas. We didn't want to be um, completely exclusive because the whole point of it is being inclusive. So we, we put in the male ally there. And I think that, that was really important for us to not just like, oh, we'll plonk a man in there. But we wanted to show the story of actually for you to be a real ally of, of women in construction and to really support women. You know, some people just say, well, I would I would never sexually assault a woman. So therefore, like, my job's done here. It's, it's more than that, you know. And, it, you know, while I promote the best person for the job and all this waffle that takes place, it's more than that. It's understanding that women are... are in a different position to you. They are on their own at times, on construction sites, or in offices. They're going to be on their own. They think differently. They feel differently. We're different, you know, we, and we need to celebrate our differences as well, not, not become try and become so masculine that we blend in with the men, like be different. And a true male ally will understand all of these differences and promote you regardless of you being different from the typical. And so it was really important to be able to showcase those short stories and talk about what some of the men in the industry are doing. And the same with inclusive company, you know, again, it's all right saying, well, I, t I take a woman on if she wants a job. Like that isn't helpful. Like you are not being helpful. What is helpful is starting initiatives, creating networking groups. But introducing women to other women so they don't feel like they're, they're alone in that because again we are different you know we we, we pr perhaps prefer community over ambition very general but in general terms so we need to understand that and create that the right environment for women as well so it was important again to be able to showcase inclusive companies show what they're doing so hopefully some of the people who were in the room on that evening or who are going to see the event afterwards online can take inspiration from yeah. that yeah and take action yeah and do something about it yeah you know exactly. just copycat it's been successful for them we'll do the same thing yeah yeah um so how can our listeners <laughs> and everyone else in the community really get involved for next year um, so on the 2nd of September, the, the website will be live for the Women in Construction nominations. So give it a day. You'll be able to go to, um, if you go to designandbuilduk.net, there's a Women in Construction section on there and it will direct you to, to the nominees section. Um, so you'll be able to nominate any fabulous women, men and companies again. Um, we'll have extra categories on there next year. There's going to be 10 because we, we had some feedback. It's our first year. We was missing that kind of middle managers and whatnot. So we're filling in the gaps of the women that we may potentially miss this year so nominate people on there there'll also be details of the the wiki club women in construction and infrastructure hub um where you can become part of our community as well that's due to launch in october but there'll be a white list on there and i think that the most important thing that everybody needs to be doing if you're a woman listening to this then and you're in construction then talk about you being a, a woman doing something in construction or just talk about construction just show the work that you're doing go onto social media go into schools and try and inspire somebody else because imagine if you left a legacy at the end of your career in construction and you, you know at the end of it you inspired hundreds and potentially thousands of women to follow in your footpath and you was put on that pedestal I don't think there's anything more powerful and there's not many other industries where you can leave that legacy mm. with still open to it because of the situation uh, of this particular industry so i think just go on and don't be a dick and try and inspire try and inspire other people to get into the industry yeah amazing um so our mission to us is our mission on this podcast is to inspire and motivate women to actually enter into a trade what would your advice be to those women today 
just do it. Just absolutely go for it. If you can, then speak to your local colleges or get yourself online and look for other women on the tools, women in the trade, women in construction, clubs, organizations, groups, anything like that where you can get advice from those women so that you can learn from them. What I have found is the majority of women in construction or even those who have left the industry always want to help more women. And they've been through the rougher part. The women who came through in the 70s, 80s and 90s have been through all of the issues. They're well connected. And you you need to be part, I think, the first steps of a community, understanding the reality of construction, understanding is this perfect for you? And then making sure when you do enter the industry, you get put into a good organisation or, you know, you apply for the best organisations. You don't want to leave yourself, you want to basically be at the most inclusive company and give yourself the best opportunity to progress within construction. But honestly, um, those are more of the warning signs. It is brilliant. There aren't many women who despite the issues in construction, you know, we can compare this to really progressive um, industries. There aren't many women who who don't love it. Everybody loves it. It's so much fun. It's different every day. And again, the money is really, really good. And you don't need to have a huge skill set at the moment to enter into construction. You can learn it on the job. You know, you can go in and be an apprentice and learn it on the job. It, It might take a couple of years, but you're not getting in debt like when you was at university. So think about the money as well. Think about how you can progress. Think about the career but most importantly speak to other women who are who are in construction or on the tools amazing oh thank you so much you've been amazing we really really appreciate you coming on our podcast yeah thanks Lula. it really was so wonderful chatting to Michaela Wayne today and hearing her story so if you want to find out what else she's been up to you can follow Michaela on socials and also design and build Before we go, just a reminder, this pod is part of a series in partnership with Design and Build UK's Women in Construction Awards, as we celebrate some truly inspirational women in the trade. If you want to know who else we'll be talking to, give us a follow and a subscribe on your podcast provider, and they'll be delivered straight to you. You can also follow us on our socials. But until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.